Welcome to another episode of Radio Contra Sons of Liberty Live. It is 2100 Eastern Time, and you know what that means. The Green Dragon Tavern is open for business, and uh, it is great to be live with all of you. Uh, last week, we didn't have an episode. I was on uh, the Mission to Texas, had the RTO course and the scout course back to back out there. And, uh, it was a combination course went extremely well. And I'm going to be talking a lot about that in the sons of Liberty tonight. We are going to have a jam packed episode, a whole lot of things on the deck to be talking about, uh, tonight. And, uh, as you probably saw from the witty title that I have up there that I always, uh, like to throw a little bit of humor in this stuff, uh, but this NWO NATO edition, of course, coming on the heels of president Brandon, uh, going to Europe and having this quote unquote NATO conference where he, at least with what I saw, coming out of it he really looked a lot like a a buffoon very weak coming out of it um not like a leader not presidential at all and making some serious uh gaffes that uh, are are really really bizarre to me including discussing the fact that yeah we, we talked about there were going to be food shortages and there are going to be food shortages folks if you've been listening to uh radio contra you know any amount of time whether it was you know you, you just picked it up yesterday because we've got thousands thousands of listeners now and a lot of brand new listeners were picking up about 500 per a week still ranked in the top five didn't have a show for a week and we're still ranked in the top five podcasts for news commentary still ranked in the top 50 as far as podcasts in all categories up on podbean uh, which is, of course, our native host. And we're everywhere else, too. I get a lot of questions about that, a lot of emails. Where else can we find you? Where you know, where else are you? Podbean maybe don't work for me for whatever reason. And, I, you know, I, I want other options in life. Hey, you know, you got Spotify. You've got uh, TuneIn. You've got Apple Podcasts. You've got Google Podcasts. You've got uh, literally, you name it, we're on Alexa as well. So, you know, everywhere that... You want to find Radio Contra. If you search for it, you're going to find it. Um, you know, YouTube. Yeah, we, we still I still do have the YouTube channel up. I'm sure it's going to end up getting next. I get warnings from them left and right. They flagged it twice. They took down some videos. We've been shadow banned. Uh, they've been shadow banning us. Hey, you know, 
it is what it is. That that's what they're gonna do. I ain't really too worried about them. Um, so if you are over on the YouTube channel, if you're subscribed over there, you know, hey, don't don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't get used to listening to this show over there. Find some, find an alternative. It's just over there because it auto populates. Um, you know, and, and I don't have to really do much, if any work on my end. However, however, uh, not going to, you know, not going to get too far ahead of myself. I have been talking to Mike Adams about getting, uh, up on Brighteon and, um, working some of the kinks out over there so that Brighteon's going to be another, um, uh, Another option over there, band.video, Alex Jones's uh, platform for video hosting, working on trying to get over there as well. So simulcasting all of this and, of course, uh, Odyssey and Rumble and all of those, we'll get them figured out. We're going to get them figured out. I'm one guy. I spend a lot of time on the road. I spend a lot of time training folks um, you know, out there, and I spend a lot of time traveling. And when I'm not doing all of that, I'm answering your emails and, and trying to squeeze being a family man in there a little bit. Uh, so, you know, it's just bear with us. But um, that being said, the YouTube stuff, don't be surprised if it goes uh, by the wayside because I got a bunch of they they're doing a lot of crazy stuff, but they're going to do what they're going to do. OK, Google is going to do what it's going to do, um, you know, and, and, and it just is what it is. I don't expect any better. Don't expect any worse. Um, but anyway, with that said, uh, coming back now that I am back home and kind of getting back up to speed on all this, I was going to get a podcast cranked out last night. It just didn't work out that way. Um, you know, it, it, it is what it is. However, this weekend we get the tracking class going on. Uh, human tracking. So really, really excited about that. We're going to have a packed house here at Camp Ware, the training site here in North Carolina. And uh, following that, we have long-term austere medicine, which is taught by a, um, a an MD, a, a medical doctor who I've had as a student, and uh, she lives not too far from here. She is an incredible human being, has uh, done a residency down in South America and Central America, and she wanted to create a class centered around issues that she frequently saw among the populations that she was treating down there uh, as, as part of her residency and, uh, you know, things that we're likely going to face in a long-term uh, grid down or or more austere situation, so it's really not the um, the tactical medicine type type of class. It's really not one of those. It's not you know gunshot wounds and you know uh, NPAs in people, uh, nasal pharyngeal airways, and all and you know the trauma end of things. It's real dramatic. It's not one of those, uh, of course. Um, you know, Meg Medic has got all of those classes with Stuck Pig Medical, and and he's just an incredible guy. Hopefully, he'll be joining us tonight. But um, you know, th this is a little bit different. So that's what we have on the docket. That's what I have going on, going through the next two weeks. I would love to see you coming out. After that, after that, I'm going to be out in Washington State 
And uh, the scout course out there is looking full uh, right now. I've got to get a final head count. Um, got to get a final head count on, on the number that we have, but I'm pretty sure we're at capacity. I'm going to get with the course host and figure out what that final number is. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know what the answer is going to be, though, and that's going to be full. However, uh, don't despair. Got the RTO, Advanced RTO Signals Intelligence course as well that's going to be running immediately after that in eastern Washington. Okay, so if you are in the quote-unquote readout region, all right, if you're out in Idaho, uh, you know, Northern California, Oregon, Utah, that region, I am bringing the course to you, okay? So that is going to be very early May, that first week of May. I've got the scout course, so we're going to be up in the Cascades, and then we're going to have immediately following it, RTO, Advanced RTO, Signals Intelligence. Also, going to be running the same classes up in Michigan. Okay, Central Michigan, going to be absolutely gorgeous up there. Um, you know, I was talking to the course host just uh, yesterday via email, and um, there's there's going to be some really cool people in that class. Joe Dolio, we're going to be dragging Joe Dolio out. Uh, so, you know, a lot of y'all have, have heard the interviews and, and the podcast we've done together. You've, you're familiar with Tactical Wisdom and, of course, his three-volume set out there, which is really awesome. You need to get those books. And, of course, he is a friend and a sponsor of this podcast as well. But um, he's going to be in class. And so there's going to be a lot of great patriots there. I've still got room in those courses. Following that, going to be out in Wyoming. Uh, so the RTO, Advanced RTO Signals Intelligence is going to be out in Wyoming as well. And, of course, the rest of the schedule can be found over on brushbeater.org slash training calendar. One last thing before I make the rounds with our guests here uh, and, and my esteemed co-hosts all in here in the Green Dragon Tavern is the field manuals. Um, I haven't had a lot of free time on my hands and meant to do this tonight, but had some things, had a little uh, funny story, some stuff come up, and uh, we'll be talking about that as we go throughout the evening. But um, anyway, the field manuals are back in stock. I've got them, you know, all seven of them fully stocked, ready to rock and roll, awaiting your orders to be placed. Okay, so I'm going to have more instructions on that that are going to be going up tonight. And, of course, the infrared reflective brush beater patches. That's white. Okay, the Contra Diamond and Resistor logo, the same one that you're looking at as the logo for this podcast. I have an IR reflective version that is made by the military contractor that makes them for the United States military. And I have a couple hundred of them that came in while I was out in Texas. So they are fully back in stock. I was out. I took the last handful of them out to Texas. And, um, you know, the, the great folks out there jumped all over it like a nice greasy Texas brisket uh, out there. And, and they tore it up. Um, so. Anyway, it, it um, good stuff. Got them in stock, and I'm going to have details on all of that 
up over on brushbeater.org, and I will have a post that will be linked to it over on AmericanPartisan.org as well. So we got everything. Uh, we got everything. We got everything in class uh, or on the classes, rather, and we got everybody here in stock. Um, anyway, I'm stepping on my words. Joe Doe Oki, uh, you see you didn't see him at class. Brother, I had him. Uh, I had him. You should have asked. But uh, hit me a uh, hit me with an email. And I'll hook you up, man. I'll hook you up. Uh, and of course, you also say keep your floorboard forks ready for any food issues. Hashtag floorboard forks. So that's a funny story as well. Um, yeah. So we were all this fun Texas story here. We were all gathered around the grill. Um, one of the guys had a hog that he had butchered and was just, it, it was one of those deals at the end of the, the, the winter. And so you're just cleaning out the freezer and, uh, he had all this stuff in a, uh, a, a Yeti cooler. He had a bunch of pork chops, sausage, andouille sausage and all this stuff. And, uh, so we're cooking all this on the grill and, you know, we didn't, we were totally unprepared for this. Like nobody has any forks or plates or anything. And then like some paper plates magically materialized. And, uh, one gentleman in class goes, you know, do, do we have any forks? I said, yeah, there's some, I got some in my floorboard. Just go over to my truck and get them. <laughs> he said, uh, no. No, I'm good. And I was like, no, 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 seriously. I have I have a box of them. It, I didn't realize how that came off. Like just pick up a fork out of my uh out of my floorboard and start using it. Uh but no, I, I carry a box of silverware and paper plates and stuff everywhere I go. Just in case, because you don't ever know. Uh you don't ever know. Anyway, with that said, I am joined by my wonderful cohorts in crime course top of the list mr jc dodge what's up brother how's it going buddy it's going man it's going another week's almost done yeah just uh you know waiting on world war (laughs) three it is what it is yeah yeah thank (laughs) thank god they put out those warrants for soros's arrest huh (sighs) <sighs> fart in the wind yeah. fart in the wind yeah. you know like john ammons we about today. <laughs> yeah john ammons uh he uh uh emailed me or not he texted me that's what it was uh because i was glossing over that well we've talked about a lot on the play today but um he texted me and, and sent me that link, and I was like, "Oh well, you know, good, good for them. I hope they yep. hope they go through with that." Um, <laughs> he said, "I wonder what all the neocons that, that watch Fox News are going to say now that their their mortal enemy has a, a warrant out for his arrest by their other mortal enemy." And I was like, "It doesn't matter what they have to say because they're retarded." <laughs> they're just as retarded yeah, a buddy as my <laughs> buddy of mine sent me a, uh, a message saying apparently Soros has donated a shit ton of money to the Nazi party in, in Ukraine. I was like, well, I mean, he's been a Nazi since he was a teenager, so 
like kind of stand for reason. It would make sense. Of course. Okay. <laughs> but but they're not Nazis, right? It's it's a different kind of Nazi, I guess, right? That's why they adopted, why they adopted an SS patch from World War II Nazi Germany. And the SS, I mean, it wasn't just Wehrmacht. So, yeah, whatever. Well, yeah, everything else good. 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 That's good. That's good. I hear some laughing in the background. That sounds like Johnny Piachupa. That was not me. I think that was Badlands. I was musing. You know, you're musing. (laughs) It's. I was just. I was laughing. I had an internal, internal laughter going on. Uh, You know, it's it's like the saying goes. It's only a war crime if everybody can't tell the same story. So, (laughs) just keep that in mind for the future, gentlemen. Yeah. 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 It's a fact, though. It's yeah, fact. just just the straight facts on Radio Contra over here. I've got a. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know if I should tell this one or not. I, well, I ain't gonna. I'm gonna tell the story. I'm just gonna oh. say it was. It was someone I know. That what you said is is 100 true. Someone I know. Um, get the get the heat brought down on him, for uh, some. And it, this wasn't me. This was somebody in my battalion that did this. It, and this is this is no shit. Um, it was a questionable uh, combat fatality. We'll just put it like that. Um, and man, he got he. This dude got the heat brought down on him. And the thing is, is that he had just made the list for E seven, and that that really. Uh, that that ground a lot of things with his career to a halt, man. Yeah, yeah, we um definitely didn't have a spare AK in the trucks. That's for sure. They did, they did, but he. But the thing was, everybody told the same story. So, and that's what's cracked. important. Nobody cracked, and it was, you know. And I mean, it was messed up because he really wasn't the greatest guy in the world. Um, but, you know, it was one of the things, you know, whatever. Life probably caught up with him later on. Who knows? You know. Most. Most likely. Yeah. Sorry, I was playing with my reloading gear for a minute. Oh, and then my my chair is really loud too. Oh, okay. Some brass prep going on there. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm, I keep I, fucking, trying to stay busy. You know what I'm saying? The training never stops, gentlemen. It never right. stops. <laughs> it doesn't. No sleep. It doesn't. Now, when you when see when you're sleeping, that's when you're reviewing the book knowledge in your head. You know that's actually scenario. that's actually true. There's um I know, that's studies. What yeah, there's studies. Yeah, the every, everything you say is true. There's that's what brought me no. to the American Partisan Crew. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. 
It's like I mean, 99.9. Something. <laughs> but it's your story. It's your story. You know, I, I try to be factual. Sometimes, I, sometimes I mean, hey, I, I didn't think I didn't think Russia was going to invade Ukraine. Like I thought it was all a bluff, man. Yeah, our news is less fake than the other guys. <laughs> Except that one time the other guy had it right. <laughs> they were yeah. they were like what twenty four hours late behind the invasion date. Yeah. Well, you know, sun shines on a dog's ass once in a while. That's true. It does. It does. There's a lot of truth to that. I mean, if you have a if you have a a dog with a clipped tail like I do shines on his yeah. ass a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got a pit bull, he ain't got no tail. You know, <laughs> mine still has his. So. There you a go. Broken clock is right twice a day, right? Yeah. Unless it's a digital clock. Unless it's digital, yeah. <laughs> like, oops. What a. What if it's on military time now? Oh. <sighs> just once a day. I guess it's just yeah. once a day. <laughs> Man, that's, so, when I was a kid, that's how I learned military time was the VCR. Because the VCR got <laughs> stuck on 24-hour time, and we could never figure out how to fix it. Because nobody, nobody knew, ever knew how to program a VCR. Like right. I, I never knew how to do it. Like you know, I know how to, I know how to load operating systems and like configure mobile devices and all this stuff, right? Like all, all the neat SSE crap that, that I learned how to do. But man, I, I never learned how to program VCR. That was like that was some magic science. That, I don't know. Well, that's because the manuals were listed in microfiche, so yeah. if you didn't have the viewer. Yeah, yeah, the stuff that was large, full size, was Asian characters. So yeah, I, I still ain't figured them out. Nah, nah, man. I we we always get them cheap VCRs too. Like they would wear out in six months. Like your yeah. <laughs> your videotapes. Like you you'd be trying to watch uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid or or like yeah. you know. <laughs> and, and and the screen gets all blurry and like sideways and sound don't match up. You know, it's like, well, it's time yeah. to get a new VCR. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, we had a, a 1983. Our family was living living high on the hog. That was the year we got the first microwave and the first VCR. Nice. Yeah, we were we were. Hey. I guess we were. Y'all were rock stars. High society there. Well, we had just gotten a color TV like two years prior. My grandmother gave us a, one of them full-size console, the, the uh, full-size uh, wooden frame double clutch into the rear friggin' head. I'm pretty sure there was a dishwasher in there somewhere. That was the first <laughs> color TV we had in 1981. So. And I didn't see a dishwasher until... I think I was probably 12 or 13. Like it was, it was the late nineties. I said, I started seeing it when I was eight, my sister and I. Oh yeah. I washed, yeah, yeah. She dried. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
That oh, was the Sunday after Sunday uh, after lunch. Man, uh, there's there's nothing like there's nothing like getting up square bales, right? Getting up hay bales. You get up a big uh, field of hay bales. You get like five hundred bales up, thousand bales. You put them up, and then then after dinner you got to wash mm-hmm. dishes. So your hands are yep. all tore up tore from up. the strings, yep. man. And then you got to wash dishes. You get that Dawn dish detergent or like whatever <laughs> the store brand is, man. Like food line brand. And oh, oh. Yeah. Well, especially the week, you know, a couple of times you get one of those fields that it seems like it's mostly thistle and ends up, yeah. it's the, the hay, the hay got raked, but it rained on it some. So the bales, weigh about 75 pounds a piece and they're full of thistles so it's just a bad day all around oh yeah that's and that's thank god, we had, thank god we had a kicker on our baler so we didn't have to actually pick them up and stack them in the wagons uh like i did on the ranch <laughs> i worked on but but yeah that's mm, <laughs> and we had an elevator to put them up there. in the hay up in the hay bring them you up to the hay course, so. we didn't have none yeah. of that you <laughs> have none of that is like nah you better you better either you are strong or you're gonna get strong you're gonna throw them up there and you're learning Ooh, that work that's right and we we always had the thickest hay bales too like 70 pounders man yeah. oh good times good times anyway yeah. speaking of good times badlands fieldcraft what's up brother You there? I think we lost him. He's still in. So he's still in the feed. He's still laughing inside. Yeah. Yeah. I think we got. Hold on. Brother Badlands. I don't think he's in. Yeah, he's not listed on my uh, roster. He he is on mine. It might have dropped him. He'll come back in. He'll come back in. Uh, anyway, getting started with the topics of the evening. Before before we jump into the news, uh, one real quick. This is coming via Patriot Man. Patriot Man is going to be joining us here in just a little bit. We the people holsters. We the people holsters. One of the American Partisan site sponsors has a special discount code. Uh, partisan, all capital letters, Papa Alpha Romeo, Tango, India, Sierra, Alpha November, Partisan. And you'll be getting 15% off. That is an exclusive offer to all the American Partisan readers out there. And of course, click on the embedded link that is up on AmericanPartisan.org. You'll see the big headline, uh, special discount offer, uh, 15% off from We the People holsters for American Partisan readers. You know you need another holster. Everybody needs another holster. Even if you've got you know a dresser drawer full of holsters like I do, of course, you still need another one because you never find that perfect one. Uh, so definitely give them a shout over there. They've got pretty good deals, uh, pretty good deals on stuff. Pretty good holsters, at least from, you know, I've got one of them. Uh, I've got an inside the waistband holster from them that I think is pretty nice. 
Um, I don't really use it a lot because it's for a CZP07. And um, I, I just don't really, I, I don't carry that gun often enough to really worry about it. I don't even know if they still make that model, um, that they make that model holster. They, they still make the handgun, but I don't know if they still make the holster. But, um, you know, definitely go check them out. Pretty, pretty well-made stuff. I mean, you know, you're getting, you're getting a polymer holster. And a lot of their cut and their their fit and finish on the stuff's pretty nice, uh, pretty nice. A special discount code over there. Anyway, uh, anyway, glossing over some of the headlines. Of course, we've got the NATO NWO edition. And as somebody said in the comments section, asking if this was uh, this was when famous world championship wrestling uh wrestler buff bagwell uh invaded the building and uh no uh unfortunately buff bagwell is not involved in any of this uh buff bagwell lives in reedsville north carolina so he is not too far away from me um my assistant high school wrestling coach knows him and is is buddies with him and they've done some uh, professional wrestling events and, and some different stuff, um, you know, over the years since WCW ended. So anyway, I thought that was that comment about Bagwell is pretty funny. Uh, growing up a wrestling fan, pro wrestling fan, uh, that, that cracked me up. But anyway, looking over some of this stuff, of course, we've got, uh, resident Brandon saying that definitely food shortages are coming. That's one thing that's real, real good for, um, uh, uh, mental patients in his condition, uh, dementia patients, they say whatever's on their mind and there is absolutely no filter. And usually they, they're just like toddlers. They're going to repeat every single thing that they heard, um, because developmentally that's where their brain is. And, you know, he's out there telling you food shortages are coming because they're talking about this. They're behind closed doors, Klaus Schwab and co the, you know, the, the literal power elite here, are saying exactly what they're going to do. You go back, you look at the Lego movie, uh, you know, President Business was the antagonist in there. And, you know, he's kind of the, the a metaphor for the ruling elite and all of this. That's exactly what's going on here. That's exactly what's going on. So, uh, you know, the, the sock puppet Brandon is, is getting out there saying the food shortages are coming in. Of course they are. Anybody with two brain cells that understands uh, market pressures and when you cut off the supply of critical infrastructure, it's going to have a, a trickle up effect. Um, I've got an email and, uh, I'll be doing a podcast on this later on. I'll probably get it out, uh, tomorrow night about this time tomorrow night when uh, class starts uh, getting kicked off and, and I can pay attention to doing some other things. So I'm not going to be the primary instructor for it, but there's going to be a diesel shortage. Okay. Diesel fuel, the shortage of that is coming. That's going to be the next big shortage because one of the big exports out there uh, from Russia is diesel fuel. And um, they, it, it's, that is kind of, you know, everybody knows about natural gas coming into Europe from Russia, which is, you know, not as big of a deal because the winter is tapered off. So a lot of the NATO countries are like, yeah, you know, we're, we're kind of going to, play it safe by cooperating with the U S for right now. 
But as winter, of course, approaches, they're going to be singing a different tune this time next year. But what they absolutely do need this summer is going to be diesel fuel. There is a, a shortage of that, and it is coming in. So we're going to see it as if our own domestic shipping and um, supply chain issues are not exacerbated enough we're going to see it get that much worse within the next six months. Uh, so, you know, been saying it now, if, if you need to get it, get it now. Okay. If you need it, get it now, because there may not be, uh, you know, supplies, plentiful, bountiful supplies on hand. I mean, we never really recovered from the last thing, you know, and now we've got the next. On that note, I just talked to yeah. a gun sh- or a, uh, a gun distributor today, and I asked him about uh, the rifle you and I had talked about. I asked oh, him yeah. uh, when, it, when it was going to be in, and he said, well, it depends on which uh, warehouse it was coming from to the distributor. And uh, one, dist- one warehouse in North Carolina and one warehouse in Arizona. And I said, uh, well, do you have any idea on that? He said, well, he said, with the with the shortages we're already experiencing with fuel, he said they're trying to cram everything they possibly can on trucks before they send them send them here to the to the distributor uh, ship. I was like, that's that's pretty interesting because it's just now it's just getting started, and and they're already you know <clears throat> looking at it from that perspective. So if we start having a huge deal, what about the DEF? Is is the is that stuff already have a a shortage or is it, they were just talking that it could, you know, I don't know. Um, none of the guys, a couple of them had diesels out in Texas. Uh, three of them did. And I don't have to worry about DEF, but, um, uh, you know, I, I really trust do. Um, Yeah. Well, all of them, all of them after 2008, dude. And um, they won't run, correct? If it's not topped off. um, Yeah, it limits the motor to five miles per hour in some models. Yeah, it it, goes into limp mode. Um, So it's. uh, John Doe Oakey is up there. It's DEF is made with urea fertilizer. Uh, Yeah, it absolutely Mm -hmm. is. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, we, we joke about it. We say it's horse piss. Cause that, I mean, that is kind of what it is. And, um, you know, you can, like the Russia, thing is, is do what? Isn't it primary, uh, a good portion of that? Doesn't that come from Russia? Yeah. So well, I mean that and, and our, stuff. yeah, well, our, uh, our fertilizer refineries, two of them, uh, one here in North Carolina, Weaver fertilizer. Over in Winston Salem went up, um, out in Yakima, Washington. Theirs went up out there, um, you know. So who, 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 <laughs> yeah, who, who is making fertilizer? You know, and and I mean, come on, man. You know, like we can we can sit and we can say, you know, oh, it's it's tenfold hat or whatever to like look, man. Thirty days apart, and this is a critical piece of infrastructure. That is that has a huge trickle up effect. And not nah, right that, into this whole crap with Ukraine and knowing that Russia yep. is, is, is one of the primaries. 
for, yeah. for that stuff. Well, yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised, man. No, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a Russian proxy did it, um, made that happen, because we know that they're operating here. Chinese proxy did it to add additional pressures, um, you know, just more cracks in the dam. They, they absolutely probably did. But then again, when we look at, at the idiots running our government, man, they ain't no damn better. Um, these people are completely, they're, they're completely insane and they're dumb. Um, they're, 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 I mean, look at Pelosi, look at Pelosi's speech about, or her comments rather, you can't really call it a speech <laughs> comments about the no flies zone. I mean, the, this woman was drunk or high or something, but she didn't make any sense whatsoever. She had that no idea. What she was yeah. Yeah. It looked like an interpretive dance of somebody on meth. Oh, well, and. She, she may very well is, you know, she, she may very well be, um, you know, so we've got all these things that are coming to a head. I mean, and, and, you know, we've, we've got, um, John Kerry out there saying, you know, well, we've, we've got to be ready in 2025 for 2030. Well, who put this guy in charge? You know, the, the last time that I checked, uh, Mr. Catchup man out there, um, who who literally is a gold digger, uh, narrowing into the the catch up fortune. Um, come on, man. You know, like who who put this guy in charge? Who put these people in charge? He's not. He doesn't. His biggest claim to fame is that he was a senator for a little while, and then he ran for president and lost. Okay, so why? Who made you the the person in charge of all of these things. And that's a very uncomfortable answer when you, when you dig right down into it, you know, I was going to say, wasn't, didn't no Bobo do that initially? Well, and he's another one, you know, where did he, where did he come from? Where did this guy come from? You know, well, you know what he had something to do with in Ukraine. Yeah. On that note, I think we've got Brother Badlands back in the house. Are you back, brother? Yeah, sorry. I'm driving home and I went through a, a place with no cell service. No. Oh. So. Yeah. No. yeah. I've yeah. got a few of them. There's a few of them left. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a whole bunch out here. Those are, those are good to know about. Those are good to know about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's about <laughs> one tower feeding this whole area, so... Yeah, we're one tower away from getting back in '95 again. Hell yeah, man! Uh, yeah. Year. So we've got Mech Medic in the house. What's up, guys? What's up, man? Just uh, yeah. prepping for class. Prepping for class. <laughs> yeah. Prepping Speaking of class. gas prices, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Pretty who soon it's gonna be like cheaper to fucking fly. Who, who does? Not that like I'm gonna fly. Um, I can think of several people offhand. <laughs> Myself included. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yes, sir. You, you just gotta have. You gotta have fun with it. You know. Oh yeah. I mean, I. That's, that's why. 
last weekend for drill, I got to do uh, flu vaccines. And they were like, yeah, you're going to be driving all over the state. I was like, I'm getting a Govy, right? And a fuel card, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, that mission ain't getting completed, Hoss man. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, by our calculation, your government car got negative fuel mileage. You got, you got <laughs> That's weird. 50 miles to the gallon. How did this... Pay no uh, attention to the five-gallon jerry cans in the back uh, of the govy. <laughs> why do you Why do you smell like gasoline? <laughs> I have no idea. Fuck it. That's, that's a great or, question. We had a gasoline fight. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if you guys had mentioned me before. I, I had my headphones off. My my, my apologies. No, no, I no. I haven't got to you yet, Patriot Man. You oh, get shit. back in your box. All right, Patriot <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. uh, Man. What's up, bro? Nothing, bro. Fuck, I didn't realize. Uh, no, uh, no, everything's good here. Um, uh, Mech and I have been. Um, and, oh, fuck! Sorry, hold on one sec. All right, actually, give me thirty seconds. To come back to me. I have to move my car. Sorry. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't so uh, I got to, I, I got to replace, I got to replace my alternator on the side of forty, right outside Wallace. Nice. Yeah, nice. that was good. I'm driving I and like my headlights just start getting like dimmer and dimmer, and I'm like, mm, this isn't good. And it's like one thirty in the morning. I'm like, this is not good. I can't think of a better place at one thirty in the morning to do it. It was uh, it was pretty great. Oh no, one thirty in the morning wasn't when we replaced the alternator. That was just when it died, and I had somebody come pick me up. And then that wow. night we were tried to replace it after we got released for the day, and that mm-hmm. did not happen because one of the bolts got cross threaded on its way out. So we had to find a new one. But by the time we like got that bolt out, it was ten o'clock, and there was no more places that sold bolts open. So we had to call it a night. Ah. Yeah. I was down in South Carolina coming up the interstate. I just left a friend's house about 40 minutes before, and my, my suburban started doing the same thing. And uh, pulled over, called my buddy. He said, what, what size is it and everything? I told him. 45 minutes later, he shows up along the side of the interstate in his, in his uh, Impala, pulled up, opened the trunk, pulled out his tool kit, we replaced it right there, and I ended up on my way. <laughs> that now that's a friend right there. <laughs> oh yeah, that's why I like a six zero power stroke. The alternator is right there <laughs> on top of the motor. I, I drop my five seven Vortec is is pretty Ooh. pretty. There's still a lot of room in the in the uh, in the engine compartment. You, to work you dropped a valve. Oh, yeah, in, in a motorcycle I used to have. I dropped a valve on the side of the interstate. It was blowing like 30 miles an hour, and a rainstorm came in, and I'm just sitting there like a drowned dog. And this guy pulls up on a purple Harley. Not saying there's anything wrong with purple Harleys, but just watch out. <laughs> and he looks like the dude from um, oh, the village people that dressed up like a biker. Little oyster. Oh, yeah, like, like a leather vest with no shirt on and chest. <laughs> oh. He's like, hey, do you Spikes need a ride? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, you totally you totally got to you, you gotta do it right. Hey, hey, you need a ride? <laughs> I was like, I'm drowning oh. on the side of the interstate, and I do not need a ride. Like, no, Rob Halford, I'm good. Right. Thanks, nobody. <laughs> 
Yeah, he was he was like a fat father. Mm. Uh, yeah, car troubles are fun. So, you know, you you can get away with riding a purple Harley if you look like David Allen Coe or are David Allen Coe. Oh, yeah. You, you can totally you can totally get away with a purple Harley. Like anybody who's seventeen, you know, obviously you've you get this covered, but you know, if you, you look like Rob Halford riding that thing, like mm. yeah. Yeah. not sure he thought he had it made too, because I was soaked. And I'm sure he's thinking, Oh, this poor boy needs a ride. <laughs> he, knew, he knew exactly where the next motel six was up the road. Oh, I yeah, I have, I, I probably wouldn't even have been able to make it there. He probably would have stuffed me in a well. Yes, that's the road that's <laughs> That's when you stop at the rest stops, man. Rest stops. <laughs> so no, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. That was like that. That was a big thing. It was uh, uh, in the philosophy of law, and um, people read uh, the students in philosophy of law class. This is one of the, the pre-law courses you take. You you read the Wolfenden report. Most pre-law students are, are familiar with this and uh ronald dworkin talked about it and there's another there's another legal philosopher out there that uses that as an example but anyway the, the wolfenden report was basically um in britain what they were doing was they were they were having the police just sit at rest stops on their equivalent to the interstate system and that that's how they were catching these guys and, you know, um, this was back when AIDS was getting hot and heavy and, you know, all of that. So interesting stuff, interesting times. But, yeah, that's Speaking that's what the whole. Uh, yeah, the the, uh, the Judas Priest song headed out to the highway. That's what that was about. That's what the, the whole song was about that. You're going out, you're going out to the highway, you're going to the rest stops. With so. the rest stop area, the uh, so a tidbit for people that might not know, you know, you never see pay phones anymore, anywhere. No. But if I'm if I'm, unless they they've changed something in the last two years, rest areas still usually have them, which could be handy for if you're gonna put time, minutes on a cell phone or something like that. One of them prepaid cards, man. Mm-hmm. Hand, hand, like two twenty. Payphones, anything way I would go with that, but there ain't no payphones left, hardly. <laughs> Nobody got the reference. Obscure ninety nineties reference. Oh, oh yeah, ten, ten, two twenty. Hand, hand, two twenty. Just pound in the number. <laughs> ten, ten, two twenty, man. Ten, ten, two twenty. If you can remember right, that, you can, you can make a call anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Patriot man. Sorry about that. Uh, they were doing some late minute. Uh, the law. Yeah, last minute food shopping tonight, and uh, I was behind her. Um, yeah. So what's up, boys? Um, I uh, went to the gym today. I think uh, you know I'd done that post. Quick update on my weight loss. Uh, starting the beginning of January, I was at 292, which I didn't look 292, but I felt like I was 292. Uh, down to 256. You were and you were two ninety two. I was two ninety two. I'm two fifty six now, and the goal Damn, is two ten. Damn, you carried that well, dude. I, I never would have guessed that. 
I mean, yeah. you're you're a big guy. Like you're 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 a large frame guy. Um, but yeah, dang, bro. But you you dang, you've lost forty pounds, man. That's awesome. Yeah, fucking uh, man, I can feel it too. My cardio, you know, I went up. Uh, we had a meeting for where I work at, and I had to go up five flights of stairs, and I didn't take the elevator because I never do because that's ridiculous. So I took the stairs up, and normally I'd be winded at the top of that, and I got done with it, and I was like, "Huh, wow, that's crazy." <laughs> what is it? Every every pound of loss, you take four pounds of pressure off your knees. Yeah. Oh, I can I can feel it, and like for example, like a. Cra- a crazy um, thing was like the longest I'd ever run in my life was a uh, 5k and I ran it. The fastest I ever ran was like 32 and change. I was not built for, if, if anyone who knows me, who's seen me, I'm not built for running. Um, and then we did a, a 12 mile, a 12, 12 minute mile pace that I was able to run for 60 minutes consistently, which is the longest in my life I've ever ran. We ended up doing like four and a half miles. And I was just like, there might be something to this weight loss thing. But yeah. um, you're, you're more you like uh, Gim, Gimli in Lord of the Rings. He says it's short burst over over short distance. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but other than that, that's man, that's awesome, dude. I'm doing I'm doing good. Other than that, man. Um, like I said, I missed the last podcast, which I apologize for. I was super busy with my my side job, but uh, it's good to be back. So I will pass it back to you, sir. Yeah. Hey, that's awesome. <clears throat> that's awesome. Um, you know, just really breaking down kind of how all this stuff is coming to a head and, and mm-hmm. like, um, how, you know, people of a preparedness mindset and, you know, er, er, basically everybody that I call people who are thinking and people who have a brain who realize like, you know, the good times ain't going to last forever. We've had, uh, way more than our share of the seven fat years. And, and I think that we're getting ready to have the seven lean years and probably way more than our share of the seven lean years as well. Amen to that. Yep. You know, a lot of people of the preparedness mindset are looking around. There's a lot of people who are Johnny come lately, right? That they're, they're coming out now and they, they're realizing like, all right, we, we got to do something. You, you've got to get at a starting point. I've got a mountain of emails. Yeah. Saturday, that's going to be a big yeah. thing that I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be buried in just trying to get caught up on, on everybody's emails, people registering for classes and getting caught up on all that. But, um, you know, with that said, I, see a lot I think that, that this is a good opportunity. We, you know, we would talk all night about how the world is bad and this is going on, that's going on. You you guys, everybody out there knows all that. That's that's why you listen to this podcast. Um, of course, there's probably a handful of you out there that don't have absolutely no idea why you're listening to this podcast. And, well, hopefully we're entertaining. <laughs> um, but, I mean, for the most part, everybody out there kind of knows, you know, the world's bad. We don't necessarily need to talk about that all the time. You've heard that from literally every other angle. Let's talk about what we're doing about it. And so, uh, you know, at this point, coming up on the 51-minute mark, I think it's a good time to sit back and talk about um, the past couple weeks, what each of us has done to ramp up our own preparedness, what we're doing, dive deep into that, you know, and kind of where we're coming from, our philosophy on, on what we're doing, why we're doing it, 
uh, because you got to have an underlying philosophy on, on why you're doing the things you're doing. And and let's just go from there. So, Patriot Man, you you brought up to me the idea, and uh, because you know you you were the last guy to check in, I think that it, it is probably a good idea to start with you. Take it from the top, brother. Absolutely, yeah. I suggested this because I've noticed it in in my circle of friends. Um, I, I'm not probably as uh, rural or as um, w- w- surrounded by as many people who are similar mindset as many of you are. And I've noticed the uptick. Um, I have a group of, of, of friends up here that, you know, for the first time in I don't know how long, we got together last Saturday or last Sunday and, and we shot shotguns. We shot clays for five hours. We did some rifle stuff. Uh, we were, you know, one of them wanted me to diagnose why his Glock sight was off. Um, and so it tells me that people are waking up to this. And, and really, I've had my own family who have always been supportive, but not necessarily ready to throw skin in the game ready to throw substantial skin into the game. Uh, Mech can attest to this. I just, uh, my one brother has a bunch of money in his um, um, FSA account, and I just did a, a massive purchase of trauma gear from, from Mech. Um, oh, he's not on anymore now that I'm looking at the, the participants, but I just did a massive purchase from because it was, you know, use it or lose it. Um, in terms of what I'm doing, uh, I've had a three, kind of a try, try version of, of, of what I'm going for. I'm doing food. I'm doing um, things that I think there's going to be a shortage of, and I'm doing ammo. So ammo-wise, um, you know, I had a couple guys in my group who admittedly they were like, I have less than 100 rounds of, of 5.56. The other guy was like, I have zero right now. And so they they split a case. That was what they could afford financially. I bought a case myself. I got a case of 7.62. We split some shotgun ammo. But the, the point is less of the ammo and more of them wanted to have range time. And we're actually making time. We're like, hey, we're, we're going to spend the money on an auto launcher. We're going to buy these targets. We're going to do this, do that. And that's something I haven't had in a, in a very good time. Um, the second part is food. And that's the big thing I've ramped up is um, I've bought in the last two weeks, I have bought 700 pounds of food. And I have slated for another 700 pounds of food. And that's various grains, various beans, canned goods. Um uh, it, it's basically been, I know all of these things are going to be in short supply soon. And at this point it's go time. And I'm willing to take a little bit more of a financial burden to do so right now because I know what's coming and because of how certain I am of what is coming. And the third thing that I've done, and I'm not done with this yet, is the fact that a couple precious metals, particularly lithium, are going to be in short supply. So I went and I made a huge purchase of 18650s batteries. And even though I don't have anything that runs it right now, 21700s. I grabbed, you know, a dozen of those. I grabbed um, some lithium batteries, some Energizer, because lithium is going up in price. And so I grabbed a bunch of those things. And the last thing on my list I haven't grabbed yet is basically a bunch of the Balfang radio extended batteries that extend the, the length of the Balfang, because I believe those are also lithium. And, uh, and so that's the plan right now is because I know lithium is going to go up in price. I know that everything's going to get more expensive, particularly food with the grain harvest and the fertilizer issues we've already talked about. And ammo is not getting any cheaper. Uh, you know, it's hovering what I've seen, you know, you can get some steel case, which I'm not opposed to shooting. I wouldn't run it in a, in a, in a important situation besides the QC issues is if I had a bolt override, I would prefer not to destroy my upper with a steel case. 
Um, but I'll, I'll shoot at the range where if I get a bolt override or something, I don't have to worry about destroying the gun to, to clear it. Um, but most of the brass case is still going for 54, 55 cents around. And, uh, and yeah, that's basically been the focus now. And then the long-term focus is that I was saying that, you know, I've had people who put skin in the game. I've had a couple people in my family put out substantial amounts of money to say, let's get some property in some more rural areas. And so we're exploring that right now as a way of a hedge of at least I have, I have places that if push comes to shove, um, there, there are places that I, I can go that have, that people have offered to me. But the idea is that I have some place I can call my own. And so uh, the idea is we're pulling all this money to now to get some kind of rural property so that not only can we go there when it's, you know, bad times, but good times too. Like, we put an Amish shed on it and people can go there for a weekend to go camping or we can build a berm and go shooting there. Um, and that's basically been the extent of my preparedness in the last two, four weeks. And I'll tell you, I mean, it's, you want to talk about an exponential curve. I, I'd like to think I've been ahead of, I've been prepping since I've probably been late considered to this group, but I've been prepping since 2012. And uh, if you were to draw, you know, an expenditures curve of how much I've spent, it's literally exponential right now going up because I know and I'm so certain about what's coming. So hopefully that wasn't too much word diarrhea, but that's basically what I've been up to in the last four weeks. Don't all speak at once. No, I was, I was actually talking. I <laughs> muted myself. Oh. <laughs> um, I thought I had unmuted myself and, and I had not, um, I was going to say, man, your, your approach to this is, is very, very pragmatic. Um, and that's, a I think that's a very grounded perspective because a lot of people are in that boat, man. You know, a lot of people are in that boat where, you know, you, you, it, You've been in this for a long time, but it hasn't been the forefront of everything that, that a lot of people have been doing. It's yep. like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, I'll grab a little extra here and there, whatever it is, you know, and then, uh, you know, it, and then bam, something big happens. It's like, I need to, you know, I need to be throwing some, some, uh, federal reserve notes down and, and, uh, yeah. Really and even, even, you know, in the beginning of COVID running up some, you know, I ran up an all right amount of, of, um, you know, because AP was one of the first guys who we were reporting on COVID before most of the mainstream media was. And yeah, um, yeah. we were watching the videos coming out of China at the time, and we didn't realize, you know, what was happening. We're watching people getting welded into apartment blocks and people getting snatched out of the street. So at that point, I said, you know what, I'll take a little bit of financial pain on the back end, but I need to have this stuff on hand. So one of the reasons I, why I was able to, to weather the ammo crisis so well was because right when COVID hit and I was buying a house at the time, I mean, I literally bought my house in April of 20, my first house um, was because I, I saw it coming. I said, it's going to get more expensive. So I was still paying $300 for PMC X-Tac 55 grain thousand rounds case. And God, if I saw that now, I would, I feel like I'd have to like offer him a blowjob or something to get that price because it's just like, <laughs> it's just not, well, it's dude, just not man. there anymore. So right. I think part of it has been on, on, on knowing on the front of the curve of that. But yeah, it's it's basically been paying attention to the trends and, and, and 
being able to say, hey, look, I have enough credit and or cash, tangible cash that I can make these purchases now and it's going to hurt. It's going to suck. I, this, when I bought my Nods, it was the same thing. It was before the 2020 inauguration. Um, you are able to absorb that cost because you know what's going to be on the backside of it. Right. No, I agree, man. Yeah, and you know, and like you said, 2012, that's exactly – you're not the only one. 2012 was exactly – Sandy Hook kicked off. And that was the trigger for me. Yep, it, it, it was a, a downward spiral from there, to say the least. And and exactly, it is exponential because you do start to you tiptoe in and you're playing in the fucking shallow end, and eventually you're like, nah, this shit's, you know, this shit's for real. That stuff that that guy was saying, you know, whoever it was back in the day, ended up coming true, or you see it play out time and time again. And you're just like, I know that. You know, whatever it is you're buying right now, you know, if you're, if you're on the fence about buying night vision, for example, or some other, it doesn't even have to be tactical stuff. It can be just something valuable. Like I got into, you know, making knives and I'm not trying to plug that, but what I ended up doing was I said, you know what, I'm going to pull my own 401k money out as a loan and I'm going to buy professional tooling so I can do this right. Because if nothing else, I'm investing in myself rather than the stock market, you know? And I think there's a lot of stuff out there that if it's high quality and you want it or you think you're going to need it, you better get it. And that's kind of been one of my focuses the last few months as well. You know, making sure my vehicles are are squared away and have good tires and um, storing up some gasoline for, you know, not necessarily because of prices, but because of the cyber shit, you know. You just never know. Making sure vehicles are topped off all the time. Um, and then just searching for good uh, deals at the grocery store. Because I've been looking for... I've been looking at one of those... Um, oh, shit. What's the brand? The freeze dryers. Harvest Right. I've been wanting one of those for like a year. But now I don't know if it's worth... At the moment, it's like... I don't. Do I need yeah. the 25-year shelf life? You know, it's not 1995 anymore. Do I need the 25-year shelf life? We might be busting this shit out in six months. You know, so I don't know. I've been I've been wrestling with that one. Well, I'll, I'll butt in there uh, since we're on the topic with the harvest right. One of the things, but uh, the space savings. So, like, um, I've I grew up canning stuff. Like we, you know, we can stuff every year. The end of the the growing season, and um, you know, everything. Like literally everything. And when you when you um room that you have like the, the space savings that you have there you can put away large quantities of food in a much smaller uh surface area and so i think like for me that's that's the reason i mean i'm, I'm waiting on a on a freeze dryer right now I've, I've got a harvest right on order and um that's that's really the biggest reason right it, i mean i don't know if it's my it service or, or yours nc scout that can have a problem 
Uh, but anyway, um, I don't know. Just wanted to throw a little bit in there. <clears throat> yeah, Since apparently I'm breaking up a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if we all caught that. To be honest, I'm not sure. I didn't, at least. You were you were breaking up again. Okay. Yeah, I was just saying, uh, space savings. Oh, for sure. the 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 amount yep. of room. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, I I think that's gonna be my next one, anyways, just because if it's worth it today, it's probably gonna be worth it even more in the future. You know, and that's like an heirloom also, kind of thing. I have right. Wait, I have two guys near me who who both have freeze dryers, and they swear by them. Um, I had a chance to go in on a group buy for one of them, and uh, we I decided against it because the the, the logistics of moving it two hours this way that way whatever was not worth it but they swear by it and they say it's one of the best purchases so that's kind of one of my long-term things is if i can go ahead and get one i'll get one it's not high on the priority list i have a can or i have all that stuff i have a dehydrator i have a um to me the most important thing you can have is a uh, vacuum sealer like a food saver um but the freeze dryer is definitely kind of a tertiary goal for me to have because i understand the value Yeah, no doubt, for sure. Uh, so, MechMedic, next on the list, which you, uh, how have you been preparing, getting yourself uh, more set up for what's coming down the pipe? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, food's been the biggest thing for us. Um, we did just pick up uh, <clears throat> some uh, five-gallon, uh, those metal NATO spec jerry cans. The waving, waving. Uh, so I topped off all those with unleaded, um, or not unleaded, with uh, ethanol free, and then stable. So those will last a, a decent little while, and that's fifteen gallons is enough to get get me a pretty decent, decent long ways. Uh, so just added that in addition to what we already have. But food's been the biggest thing for us, just getting stuff situated around the house, and then working with uh people near us had an interesting conversation with a a buddy of mine about uh where he's gonna go if stuff pops off and uh i was like well uh it ain't gonna be free (laughs) he's gonna come to your house because they always i told him that there's a uh there's an extra rifle in the in the uh in the safe and uh he's gonna have to work for it So you're going with the whole warlord <laughs> thing? Oh, absolutely. I'd absolutely. I'd be you a rifle. <laughs> you will earn the ammunition. <laughs> he's, an, he's an old 82nd dude. I trust him with the ammo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Johnny's right there, so... <laughs> take could be a mixed bag of just saying yeah, yeah he's he's bag. he's one of the uh, he's not bad he's pretty good dude uh but yeah just just getting stuff uh prepared at the house just food and other different little things i guess the biggest thing has been food just getting that situated and storage and organization uh rotation getting stuff ready for starting our garden we're gonna be changing up from how we did it last year uh, we're going to go to raised beds for this year to see if that makes a better difference. It will. Yeah, 
You, you well, the the big advantage to raised beds is you can control every aspect of the soil. Yeah, and you're not bent over to work in it. Uh, Save your back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is true. This is true. Now, but plant season is now. Seriously, plant season yeah. is now. Um, you know, my my dad's rule of thumb growing up when it came to planting crops is May first. He was he was hell bent May first. Do not plant before May first where we are in this part of North Carolina because we will mm-hmm. get a late frost. Now, where you're at down on the coast, different story. You could probably get away with, you know, a couple weeks earlier than that, three weeks earlier. So, the plant season's right around the corner for you. Yep. Yeah. So, so you know what the old folks say up here uh, is when they can stick their toes in the soil and they don't freeze anymore. That's when, that's, that's when they know when it's time to plan. So basically, basically for two weeks in June is what we're saying. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my potatoes turned out good last year, though, and I, I did them a little earlier than I thought I should have, but they turned out good. But yeah. Kinda... So. You know, it, uh, that, that brings us to you, brother. Uh, what, what all, of course, you know, your knife making, um, which is just, you know, really awesome. And, and I'm really, really looking forward to seeing um, the finished products. I had a student in class uh, down in Texas that was singing your praises in a big way uh, when it came to blades. So, you know, um, I, I think. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In a big way. Um, That's cool. So, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk yeah. more about it offline. Uh, but yeah, it, that was that was good stuff. It, it's good stuff to see uh, the larger community. Everybody is is bringing something to the table, and and we're just we're building this really uh, really neat uh, community all together. But um, what what have you been up to specifically? Uh, knife stuff. And anything else to to uh, really kind of approach the rising tide? Uh, you know, the food thing, to be honest, making sure that we're kind of that putting just, I don't know, I, I've been, I've had the whole motto of just stack it deep. That's kind of been my thing with it lately. So if I see a good price on anything that we use, it's going into the closet or something and then uh, doing the knife thing. I mean, that's kind of getting better at that. I, you know, that was kind of a long-term, I'll get the tooling and I'll, I'll learn to do it good. And hopefully I can, that can be a source of income if need be also, you know, even locally, it doesn't have to be like fancy survival knives or nothing. It could be a very simple knife. You know, somebody just needs something to cut up a, a cow with or something. So kind of learning more about that um getting ready for the classes this year and and trying to do as much research as i can to ensure that i'm i'm doing the best i can there that's uh that'll keep me up at night sometimes to be honest and then uh trying to get out and do some some training as well with with the guys i know locally you know just and trying to actually get um we've always been really good about just going out and doing stuff because we just love doing it and in the first place but trying to get a little bit more organization 
kind of like McMedic said, you know, organization's a, always a goal, whether it's how to store your stuff or how to conduct your training, you know, make sure you're being, um, make sure you're, you're getting the most benefit out of it. So that's, I've kind of just been all over the place, honestly. And then got a new generator not too long ago to make sure, got a good source of backup power, at least short term. And I was actually researching the, uh, oh, natural gas generators as well. That's my other big purchase I think I want to do for our house. But yeah, that's kind of most of what I've been up to. It's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm all over the place sometimes, so try to hit 10 things at once comms too i've been i've been uh trying to get that stuff organized as well so <laughs> oh yeah yeah oh yeah for sure man for sure and and of course communications you know you you've got your courses out there that integrate uh a little bit in the communications department of course tango one papa um, with what he's got going on out in uh, Wyoming with Wyoming Survival and Tactics and uh, some of the old old uh, TTI guys, Tactical Training International guys that are floating around out there in Wyoming just to your south. Uh, they've got some stuff going on. And, of course, RTO courses. You know, So if you want to get a leg up on communications, you're trying to figure out what this all this radio and all this stuff is, come out to class. I'm telling you. Come out, get into a class. Training is the biggest uh, thing, the biggest leg up that you can give yourself. Um, so anyway. Scout, uh, be before you go on, yeah. can I just give one anecdotal evidence? Um, yeah. When I was at the range with those guys, they had never taken a class with you, and I think everyone knows how many classes I've taken with you. Um, I had them at the rifle range and teach them about trigger reset and shooting from the prone and keeping your heels down, all that kind of stuff. And it was very novel to them. And these are guys who, you know, if push came to shove, if I had to have someone from the area, right, say, hey, I need you to get your gun and follow me, these are the guys, but they've never done any training. So it was like, and by the end of, you know, we only shot 100 rounds and we saw the difference. I saw the difference in the trigger reset. They were listening for it. I saw them. They'd be wiggling their feet around, and then they'd fix it before they shot. Um, so I, I really want to echo the training part of that because it is so important to get training because even if you remember 30% of what you were trained on, you can take that and train other people. Like, I'm never going to be the trainer that you are, but I've done enough classes that I can take at least some of that information and make other people deadly. Right. I think that's something that's lost on that's people. It's, it's it's basically mm -hmm. the F that's what you've always done, the SF model of you're gonna be you're gonna train the trainers who are gonna then in their communities yeah. be able to train. So I would highly recommend any of you, if you haven't done training, whether it's scout or anyone else, it doesn't really matter, um, get that training and then retain fifty percent of it. And then maybe you take of that fifty percent, fifty percent you're able to go on someone else, you're making them more deadly. I just want to throw that out because it was a perfect anecdotal thing because by the end of it, I swear yeah. to God, we went through 50 rounds each and they were listening for the trigger reset. I heard them. I saw, I was watching the trigger finger doing that perfect form, everything. And they weren't, still weren't the best shots, but they were having the fundamentals. And at that point, then we were adjusting the scope and everything. So I thought that was just 
the, the, the epitome of what you teach in your classes. And so I was very happy and for my end to be able to take some of what you've taught me and be able to teach. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. As that's, that's the thing. I tell everybody that too in class, like, look, you know, you got to be able to train other people to do this stuff. Like you're not going to master anything in a weekend um, you know, or even a week long class, but what you can do is come away from this, being able to train somebody else. And that, that's the whole point. You know, that's, that's, that is a hundred percent the point behind that because you got to be a force multiplier. I mean, and there, there's a lot of other people out there doing it. It's, you know, I'm going to tell you something like, I, me and JC were talking earlier today, um, for a little while. And when it comes to the firearms courses, like, you know, th this is this is probably going to go over like a lead balloon, but whatever. Um, when it comes to the, the firearms courses, the flat range stuff, you know, all your your YouTube dummies out there that shoot fast to stationary targets and like whatever, man. They kind of like they live in this little uh, world, right, that they're in. And, and it's... Um, Inst uh, a term that Pat McNamara came up with a long time ago was called institutional inbreeding, which is literally what that is. I, I think the contemporary gun community, not to turn this into a, a burial of them, but it kind of is. Um, they, they, they're all a product of, they do this like cool guy looking shit that they think is cool guy stuff on a flat range. And they're not really thinking about why they're doing that. And they're not really, they're not really putting it together. Like, okay, here's, here's the logic behind that drill. Or maybe I'm going to question the logic behind that drill, right? Whatever it is that you're doing and, and what's the training goal that, that's actually being accomplished here. And when you sit back and you think about that, you start to process it. You're going to come to realize that, like, maybe some of the things that you got taught traditionally were really not that good. Um, you know, and, and that's when you begin to develop new TTPs and it gets better, right? The things get better over time. And and the firearms community right now, the the, the YouTube exclusive firearms community, and, and I run into this a lot where I'll have people that watch way more crap on the internet than what's good for them. And then they'll get into a firearms class. Usually these people like that, they, they'll show up to the carbine courses and stuff. And I mean, you're, you're like, okay, you know, like, let me fix a few things here. And trigger resets, one of the big ones, like trigger reset is one of the huge ones. Um, and they, they just like, they don't, they don't put that together. But the other thing too, is like, man, you, you have to deprogram a lot of that crap and, mm -hmm. and remove it because that's stuff that is designed to look cool for looking cool's sake. It's designed to sell you whatever product is out there. That's all it is. And it's not functional training. Um, it is absolutely not functional training in, in, most cases they like i said it's not a burial of everybody um even though it kind of comes off that way there's a few guys on youtube that i think are are really really good um big shout out to tactical rifleman um yeah. you know he, he's he's probably 
he's really the first one that comes to mind when it's like if you have to watch somebody, watch him um, because he he's not full of crap. Uh, Carl Erickson, retired sergeant major from uh, fifth group, I think. Um, he's he's squared away. He's buddies with with um, uh, Angry American. They're they're close buddies. Uh, we've been in contact. He's just awesome dude, all around awesome dude. Yeah, you know he's he's a real deal. His his channel's good. The training techniques are really good. Um, you know, today and and again, there's a couple others out there. I'm sure. You know, I'm speaking off the cuff here, but whatever. I just I don't have any time for that in my life. I I don't I, I don't I don't have time to sit and watch so and so and such and such on YouTube. A lot of the crap that I have seen that people have sent me has been really ridiculous stuff that it, that I just think is junk. And wait, I, wait, you you don't have free time? No, no, oh, that's shocking. crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but now, um, anyway, not to not to derail it, but yeah, th- that's the biggest thing, man. It is if if you can come to a class and you can take what you learned from a class and you can replicate part of that skill in, in any amount you can replicate part of that skill. It's like the RTO course. All right. So you show up and maybe like some of the stuff that we cover in class that we do in class is beyond your level of experience or capability. And we, you know, drinking through a fire hose. I get it, man. But even if it's taking away something like, all right, now I know how to program frequencies into my bow thing on the fly in the field or i know how to um write an soi out to plan out communications uh capabilities if i just learn those couple of things then now i have a capability that i did not have before and if i can just share that with you know other people then now we have a chance where we didn't have, we might have not had a good chance before. Now we do have a chance. And so that, you know, that that's a big deal. Yeah. And, and learning to use your multipliers. That's, that's been kind of a, a big, a big thing for me (laughs) to, you know, I mean, it's, you, you, you could be an awesome shot on the range for sure, whether it's shooting fast or, or even, you know, maybe long range marksmanship yep. or whatever, but to, to use your, you know, whether it's night vision radios, I mean, obviously we have to be able to operate without these things. I totally get that. But on the flip side, if you have them learning to use them good, uh, it really does a lot for you. Badlands, man. I had, I had a guy who, you know, he didn't realize we were going to be shooting rifle too, as well as shotgun. He rolled up. And his opti- uh, his rifle only had iron sights. And we put it out 100 yards, and I had a primary arms 3X, which I highly recommend. And um, he was shooting his he – shoot- he shot 10 rounds of his own ammo through his – and he goes, I can't see shit. And again, like ideally, yes, in a perfect world, you're going to be shooting irons at 400, whatever. I don't give a fuck about that personally. For me, it was – this dude obviously had never really shot at range before. So all of a sudden, I got to right. get this guy up to speed. How do I do it? He shot my gun. He goes, send me the exact scope you have. I want that. And it's mm-hmm. again, it's that force multiplier. We think of it as the nods and the thermals and, you know, whatever. But sometimes for a lot of the, the, the quote-unquote bubbas, and he's, he's younger than me. He's a few years younger than me. 
But the Bubba's are... They have iron sights, and that's good enough. And and you should right. be proficient with that. And I'm not as good as I should be with that. I should be better, sure. But at the end of the day, for me, it's... Can you hit a man-sized target at X range? And he couldn't hit dick with iron sights. And he was... <laughs> Pegging it with my 3x, so he said, "Send me the link." He bought it, and he said, he, he, scre- "He screenshot the purchase, and he goes, yep. told you, I t- told you I'd buy it, and I bought it.'" So, like to your point, it's the force multipliers, and people don't think necessarily of optics as a force multiplier; they think of other things. But that is one. And for some of the people who are waking up, who just maybe bought that AR at the beginning of COVID and got scared and said, "We're going to buy this," and it had flip of irons and Magpul flip of irons, and they're cool with that. And then they put it away, and they never shot it. Because whether they, they, the ammo was too expensive, they didn't go to the range, whatever. And now all of a sudden they're waking up, they're saying, I need some capabilities. That's exactly to your point, is that is a force multiplier, even though most of us on this call right now would not think of it as a force multiplier, because for us it's a given. For the average person, that is a force multiplier. Yeah, so I want to make that distinction. Yeah, it is. You're right, man. Yeah. Nah, no doubt, man. No doubt. People having optics on their weapons. I mean, I mean speaking of I, optics, and this isn't a plug by any yeah. thing, is there's a new – no, I, I just saw this the other day. I am not affiliated with Primary Arms whatsoever. We uh, are, though. We are. Well, right. And they're coming out with a gold line, which if you're not familiar with PA's uh, system – Gold line's kind of their mid-level, pretty damn good. I have one of the, I have the four to sixteen, in the gold line. I think it's a great scope. But they're coming out with a one to six, first focal plane. So for those of you Ooh. looking to maybe upgrade for your ARs, there's a without shelling out over a grand, and uh, yeah. the street price is seven hundred bucks on that bad boy. So kind of a good in the middle, I think. It's not bad. Yeah, that's not yeah. bad. Something to keep an eye on if you're looking to upgrade from the $300 version. Yeah. One of the benefits I have is I've been doing enough of scouts classes that I get to see a lot of students from a lot of different optics. And we've had people, and Scott, I know you're going to agree with me on this. They have the top of the line optic and they can't hit shit. And I have, we've had guys yep. who had red dot and they're making hits with a, not even with a magnifier, literally EOTech. Out to 425, although we don't really want to talk about that person. Um, the, 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 the idea is that, yeah, I mean, to that point, I'm good actually going to look into that optic because I have a 1 to 6, and, and I actually think that that optic you mentioned is probably something I want. Um, yeah. It might be. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, haven't, I, haven't the... touched it, I haven't seen it, you know. So yeah, well, yeah, no, but I mean, the description of it by itself, it's something I want to explore. Um, and, and so I, I really think that people, they're in one of two mindsets. And again, I'm, I'm very new to this. I'm a first-generation gun owner. I'm a first-generation prepper gun guy. So I feel like there's two mindsets, right? Maybe you guys can correct this. Is One is, like you're, an old, like, you're an old FUD and you're iron sights and you're this, that, whatever. Or you're like, I'm super high-tech. I, I can dial it in. I can do all this kind of shit. And I feel like there's kind of this middle ground where it takes – you know, the, the tangible skills of shooting versus having this force multiplier of being able to dial in or a fixed multiplier. I can see my target kind of thing. 
I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's really a bifurcation in the gun community, and that's unnecessary. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, again, yeah. to, to your point, Badlands. I mean, that optic sounds amazing, but to some people, it's going to be like, "Oh, why do you need that? If you can't shoot this, it's fine." And I just don't yeah. think that's the right mindset. Yeah, and I, I don't know. You can't really worry about what the whole gun community is doing. I mean, that's just no. you know, kind of, kind of one of them I, things. Like you I just got to do what's best for you. Yeah. I've uh I've actually got uh lessons from the farm series that I'm gonna be working on next week. Uh so all of you who've been patiently awaiting the lessons from the farm series, I'm gonna be doing uh a couple on firearms and setting up a weapon for general purpose use for general purpose combat use. Um you know, and, and what to look for, what to stay away from, all you know, all all of that stuff covering, you know, the, the big heavy hitters, the AR, uh, of course, the AK, and and going into those in depth as far as uh, being a somebody who's a lifelong shooter and and you know has run those weapons here stateside, trained with them professionally stateside, and ran them in combat overseas. So I'm going to be talking about that, and I'm going to be doing a big section on optics as well uh because i am gonna be quite frank if if you're not running optics on a weapon i'm not really sure what you like what fantasy land you're living in (laughs) okay there's a lot of talented people who have optics or well i should say let me back up there's a lot of talented people with iron sights who you know like for whatever reason they grew up shooting irons and okay um, but this, I'm telling you, it's proven science. Okay. I train people to shoot for a living. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I train people to do a lot of things for a living, but you know, shooting is one of those skills that I teach. I'm telling you, um, I can take someone who literally has never fired a firearm before with a rifle with an AR 15 that has a, a one to six on it yep. and say, here, you know, where this dot is inside of this scope. Hey, look through this scope, position your head. Let's position you until you don't see any shadow in there and you have a, a consistent picture. Hey, can you see the target? Okay, Roger that. Cool. Now, where this dot is right here, that's where you are going to aim. Okay. I can have people hitting a very long distance away in one day. I've seen okay? it. I've I, you know I've done every scout course that that's yep. what we do, and the success rate is extremely high because of the optics. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with the you know the rifle necessarily. I've had people that have run you know fifty five grain Wolf steel case ammo out of a no name barrel and you know a, a rifle that looks like they milled out at home, you know and 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 still make. Accurate hits, 425, 450. You know, hey, I don't really know what more you can ask for there. So the optics. Now, I am going to be talking about sometimes there is absolutely such a thing as too much magnification. Um, Mm -hmm. You have to understand your operating environment and do not. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. This is something that I was just. Uh, teaching in, in the scout course in Texas, but do not think if anybody out there is thinking, well, you know, Oh, I have uh, vision problems or I have eye problems. 
I'm just going to throw more magnification on my scope and that's going to overcome it. Uh-uh. No, it, it's actually the opposite. You you want less magnification. If, if you have eye problems or you have vision problems, you want less magnification because high magnification, I'm not going to go into the science of it too deeply, but it exacerbates issues that you have in your eye. Um, so, you, you know, you, you have problems in your phobia centralis, uh, the lenses of your eyes have issues with them. You're going to get eye fatigue a lot faster. And the biggest issue is, is that when you take a shot on something, you're going to end up losing your target for a follow-up shot. If you have too high a magnification, um, I think eight, honestly, eight power, eight X magnification is the highest end you should really be concerned about with an AR-15 or even, you know, like a 16 or 18 inch 308 or anything like that. Eight, eight power is about as high as it needs to go. And if you're in thick vegetation where your line of sight is, you know, maybe a hundred meters, 109 yards at the most, man, two power, three power, that's about it. Uh, maybe even a red dot. I mean, for me, a red dot is fine. Keep keep your gun light. But um, you know, that's, I've, that's I've had this like uh, hip pocket kind of rule of thumb I go by, and it seems to be playing out. And it, and it's about you know you got to look at your op- <clears throat> your operating environment just like you said. What what is my max range that I anticipate shooting in my environment? You know, where I live, a thousand yards is not an unheard of. Like you, you can look any direction, you can see a thousand yards, you know, but that doesn't yeah. mean I'm going to try and shoot that with my five, five, six AR, but maybe 600 yards at most. And so kind of a rule of thumb I've gone by is about one and a quarter power per hundred yards that you think you're going to want to be able to shoot. Huh. And it seems like that seems to work out about, about right. I, I run a one to eight yeah. on my yeah. kind of go to five, five, six AR. Not that I shoot it at eight power all the time, but having that little bit of extra, you know, even just to look into the bush a little more and see like PID kind of thing, yeah, yep, PID. yeah, right, right. And so, what and was that? Was you said one point two five for what? Per hundred yards that you yeah. want to be able to shoot, you know, yeah. that seems to be, you know, I I kind of came up on a fixed ten power on my three hundred eight, and and I'd shoot that out oh. to a thousand yards, but yeah, you know. Yeah. Maybe, uh, you know, 12 or 14 would have been kind of nice sometimes, too, just for not that I'm going to try and shoot 1,400 yards with it, but because maybe at 700 yards, I want to see what that is that I'm actually looking at. So, I don't know, just a mm-hmm. just a thought, just throwing it out there. Yeah. It's not yeah. Uh, science by any means. I don't trust the science. So. May I add, um, you want to... <laughs> You don't want to see too much of your target. You you want to see some of the environment as well, so you can get a good read on what's going on around your target for reading wind. And you might see your own bullet trace, depending on the bullet that you're using, as well as your splash. So if you shoot short, you can witness these short splash and then immediately correct off of that. Yep. Or if you shoot over, you can see your trace going over the target. And so the, the 
name of the game is to not see your bullet impact the steel and to feel good about yourself and get that dopamine hit, which is fine if that's what you're interested in. You can certainly spend the money on achieving that goal. And I'm sure you'll have perfectly fine results. But there's the other considerations of um, when you're actually shooting in a stressed environment, you're going to be breathing heavily and your heart's yeah. going to be pounding. And if you focus too much on holding your reticle steady on your target, you're going to get into that game of guessing when your trigger release needs to occur relative to where your reticle is on the target. And so like, even at when I do long range shooting, I'm only using a 14 power scope and which is higher than what we've been talking about. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's a 14 power scope with a fairly uh, large field of view. And I do need all of that because sometimes I'll miss the target by three or four feet because of the wind or a bad trigger pull or a combination of both, or I'm not holding the gun properly. And that allows me to see that I'm doing something wrong and immediately correct. And then my spotter can call the same shot. So if I'm witnessing the shot, let's say it's to the left by three feet, and then my spotter says left off the, you know, off the nine o'clock, three feet, um, you know, elevation is good. Then I know I was dead center off the nine o'clock, three feet, you know, to the left of the target from my perspective. And that confirms to me what I witnessed. But if I was zoomed in completely on the target, I would have absolutely missed all of that information. And I would be only going off of what the spotter said, which could be no data. If, if I pull the trigger and the spotter doesn't witness the shot, he's just going to call no data. So, yeah, I, right. I, I agree. Like, you yeah, can yeah. buy 25 power scopes, but I don't know what the fuck you would use that for unless you were shooting out to a mile. Uh, <laughs> that bench resting, I mean, the, the guys that, that are doing bench rest stuff, um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but don't think like, you know, that, that equates any sort of combat prowess. It, it, I'm just, I'm telling you right now, it, it doesn't. Uh, so anyway, but with that step down the list, um, Johnny, what you been doing? Get prepared. Uh, saving my money is one thing I'm doing. And uh, Madman and I have been focusing on medical lately, which is one reason why I invited MechMedic to uh, co-host and, and be a guest uh, instructor on Green Dragon, which is tomorrow at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, if anybody would like be to join there. us. And it's, it's going to be a good time. We're going to go over all the stuff that you, that you can get from the book, but you still need to sign up for the for the face-to-face -face training so you can learn how a tourniquet is properly applied and yep. 
get an idea of how uh, Skidco and I, I will be Polis there. And by the way, I'm also a patron of Johnny. So just so everyone knows, I'm literally I don't I don't get anything from him. I literally am a patron of him. Um, but yes, I will be there as well. Late, but I have a charity thing going on. But I will. Yeah, sign up, guys. It's uh, the the purpose of Green Dragon is to go over the little stuff and if you have any questions you can go ahead and ask them and and we'll walk you through it and there's there's usually you know four or five people with a lot of experience and and then there's other guys like we have welders in class we have construction workers in class we have automotive technicians in class we occasional I mean, doctor we've, we've got an answer to your question, and if not, we'll find it. You know, and 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 it can. It, I know it. Uh, it's only thirty three bucks a month, but you know, a bad purchase could cost you hundreds or thousands of dollars. And so that little bit of money to ask a few questions and to learn those little lessons, in the long run, it adds up. Yeah, I have. No, I literally have no financial stake in in, in JP and and that man. Hundred percent, man. Um, Hundred percent. Right, Jesse Dodge. What you been up to? Probably the most important thing is my wife and I have been talking this past week, and she wants me to uh, start giving her some detailed NBC training. And uh, along with that, I purchased a, a mask for each of my very small children. It's a, it's assisted. It's basically one that. Goes over their head, the straps on with the battery assisted, where it actually pulls the air in with a fan through the filter. Um, and people say, "Oh, isn't that kind of extreme?" Well, you know, that goes back to the, uh, you know, hopefully I never need it, just like I never needed the the uh, child size masks I had for my my adult children uh, when they were small. But uh, the uh, bought. Uh, uh, one of the uh, QYT KT8900s 80, for each of my vehicles. Um, the uh, dual band radios. Uh, Good radios. I was talking the other week about the, the tri-fuel kits. I got those in for my uh, two Honda U2000i generators so I can run propane natural gas or gasoline out of them now. Um, bought it. <clears throat> The only, only of the R3 vehicles, the only one that didn't have an EMP shield um, on it was my wife's, and I just bought one of them for that. Um, so that'll get squared away here shortly. Um, bought a, uh, a complete, another complete set of parts for PTR 91s for the, since that's now our, our group's 308 rifle. Figured it'd be good to plus up on that since there's more than just two of them in the in in our group <clears throat> and uh the big purchase was i bought a uh savage uh 338 uh, the uh precision rifle with the uh, aluminum ndt chassis it's a lefty already has the 20 moa base got a leupold Six eight or the was it the uh, Mark three HD with the six eight with a TMR on it to put on it and uh, bought the re a whole complete reloading 
set up for that as far as guys and everything. Because I'm <laughs> 338 Lapua is gonna that there's gonna be a lot of reloading going on with that because cheapest ammo out there right now, the, the cheap stuff is about 550 around. Um, that's that's about it. Been pretty full plate. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, yeah, you know, and jumping into other calibers, a lot of people would probably say this is really not the time to do that. Yeah. But uh, three thirty-eight. Um, you know, there's some applications there. Uh, personally, I, I'm a huge fan of, of 300 Win Mag when I'm looking for something beyond a thousand meters. 338 beats 300 Win Mag in, in all categories. You're not going to get any argument from me on that. Um, but 338 has some uses that are, <sighs> I'm not going to dive too deep into, but they, it, there are some serious applications for that round within a thousand meters that are, uh, that, that lend it to having some serious advantages and, uh, where you, you know, you eh, might not necessarily get that with other, uh, with other calibers. Um, intermediate barrier penetration is absolutely yeah, one of those, but there's that. a lot of other. Purposes. Yeah. Yep. There's uh there's, there's a lot of other purposes yeah, to that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I told um, a, a friend of mine asked me why I would get that. He said, "What about a fifty? I said, "I had a fifty. Got rid of it." Nah. And uh, he said, "Well, what about the three? Why the three thirty-eight? I said, "Well, naked, it's an eleven-pound rifle. It's a normal weight rifle for for a a bulk gun, um, as far as for a heavy barrel bulk gun." And uh, <clears throat> I said, "As far as the accuracy, um, the three thirty-eight Lapua is pretty well known." Um, the it's putting out almost twice as much energy as my 308. <clears throat> um, so there again, like you said, different applications. Right. And I, and I told him, I said, look, I said if I want to shoot an elk at 800 meters, or uh, you know, other things that you know, in defensive purposes, I said that that gun can do it. And I said I can carry it. Uh, I can carry that through the woods all day, you know, uh, figured it's pretty, with, with that optic on it and a loaded magazine, a five round magazine in it, um, it's going to be running a little under 14 pounds and I can carry a 14 pound rifle through the woods all day. So not that that would necessarily yep. be something hey. I'd be carrying all the time, but you know. Nah, I'm JC, I was going to ask you, Scott, if you're going to mind me jumping in. So, nah. you know, you've been doing this for a long time, like way longer than me, way longer than a lot of other people here. So, like, for example, the next seven days, like we're going to, you know, Sons of Liberty next week. What are your focuses for the next seven days? Like, what is in your mind, like, this is the list of stuff you want to accomplish in the next seven days to increase your preparedness? Because... I feel like you have kind of a perspective a lot of us don't have, right? You have a little bit more of the Cold War era experience than than, than most of us are kind of younger. Um, and yet you, you're yeah. able to parse this out in a way we understand. 
And, and that's not a knock on you because you have the wealth of knowledge. So what are you looking at for the next seven days as like, hey, you know what? I have limited time. I know you work. You know, you have, you have your, your beautiful wife. You have kids. What are you focusing on for the next seven days? I'm just curious. Well, I can tell you this weekend, like I said about, you know, my wife had talked to me. She she is, after seeing what's going on, she's gotten very serious about the idea of a, of a nuclear issue. And she wants me to teach her that. But we're also going to be doing some, some serious detailed work on contingency planning. And, you know, when we were talking about it, she said, well, what do yeah. you mean? I said, okay, I'm at work and something happens. Um, the, you know, I can give you a no later than time. If, I, if I'm not home within 48 hours, you know, you need to go to this, take the kids and go to this location. And you got to follow these back. steps. Yes. Yeah. And, and we're going to, we're going to hash that out. And uh, the, you go, I've got, you know, topographical maps in the one in 10,000, one in 25,000, one in 50,000. And we're going to, we're going to cover that. Uh, I just, I put circles around, you know, at different distances, mile out, five miles out, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but, and it would, and it would also, something like that would show if I was going to meet her there, you know, what route I would be taking more. So, you know, just different things like that. That's, I think, putting together a really solid plan with the people you care about uh, because of, you know, different things that could happen um, and, and giving them an idea, okay, you know, don't wait beyond this amount of time if you're planning on, you know, putting something else into action. Uh, you, you really have to, you know, make that happen. And, and that's, I mean, that's a standard military practice, obviously, yeah. you know, as far as having contingency plans, using the pace plan or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say pace. That's what first came yeah. to mind, yeah. And, uh, but that's, you know, I've got most of the stuff. I mean, did I need that 338? Uh, yeah. I, I looked at yeah. it. I looked at it like, hey, you know what? The more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what? I wish I had still had a rifle that had the capability of the 50. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, well, there's a couple reasons I got rid of it. One of them was it weighed 25 pounds. Um, and it's just not practical. But I happened to see there was a, a sale on this particular gun. And it was a left-handed bolt action. I'm a left. -handed. Yeah. And uh, that, so I, I decided, I was like, you know what? <clears throat> as much as I don't, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go whole hog on it, get the, get the gun, buy the ammo, buy a decent optic, get the stuff to be able to reload it. Um, and uh, I've been going over a lot of the uh, different reloading, um, uh, different reloading schemes that people are using for the different bullet weights and everything. And trying to figure out the dope, I'm gonna when I get it, I'm gonna first thing I do is take it to ring and zero it and, and put it on the chronograph, um, figure out my dope, and just do what I did, you know, with every 308 rifle I've had that had any accuracy potential, and uh, go from there. But that, you know, stuff if you don't have the stuff by now, you know, there it, concentrate on the basics if you don't have them. But other than that. I think the most important thing to, is make sure everybody's on the same sheet of music that everybody you care about. Um, Cause if they're not, all those traps aren't going to be for crap. Right. You're right. I mean, it's, you know, they're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. 
And I mean, I, and that that includes comms at some point level. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. well, that was why I got the three. I got a radio yeah. for each of our vehicles. Um, and yeah. The first thing I did, I, I I knew about those radios. The first thing I did, and this guy will tell you, I sent him a text. I said, "Hey, dude, this this radio. What are your thoughts?" And he said, "It's an awesome radio." That was all I needed to hear, and I placed the order. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean. It's it's like that with all the Chicom radios, like <clears throat> the bow things, and you know, I mean, don't think that you're getting like the greatest piece of gear ever, but no, but we'll say this for twenty watt, yeah, yeah. The the QYT KT eighty nine hundred. If you go back uh, to like 2017, 2018, the early days, brush beater had been around for for a few years at that point. Um, you know, and I was, I was writing pretty heavily then on, on all the commo stuff. Um, and American partisan was kind of in its early days. A lot of those early pictures that I used back then, um, that I took of stuff around here was, um, using that QIT KT 8,900. It, it's a little yeah. tiny, um, you know, you can fit it in the palm of your hand. It's a 25 watt. VHF UHF radio and I still have it. Um, I still use it. So it, where it's sitting, it's literally sitting out in my shop um, attached to a 40 foot mast that I built. Um, I built it out of galvanized pipe, attached it to uh, my, my workshop with mm-hmm. a uh, aluminum J pole at the top of it. And I have it fed with um, uh, LMR 240 coax cable. And, um, you know, it, it, it is, that serves as the base unit for me. I have, uh, Anderson power poles attached to the power cable. So I can literally run it off of a 12 volt source. Any of those with a cigarette plug lighter. Um, I can run it off of any battery source that I have because I've got, um, Anderson power poles that, uh, a cable that's rigged up that, that has, um, clamps on the end i can run it off of any battery out there and and it doesn't consume a lot of power i want to say um the display on it is if you shut the colors off on the display in the background like you you make them black uh black and, mm-hmm. and blue which are they they sip the least amount of power um it's something Whoa. like uh uh I want to say it was like 1.2 milliamp hours or something. I don't, that doesn't sound right. I don't know. I'll have to go back and dust my notes off. But anyway, that radio has been sitting out there since 2017. Hot, cold, humid, rain. It still works, man. Yeah, Things, I was going to say, I mean, Scott, I don't want to jump months. in, but the, 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 the amount of times we've seen guys in, our, in the class that we've been in, and how many times I've ran the same Balfang radio and you've ran the same Balfang radio in yeah. your classes that have been in the mud, been in cold, been in hot. It, it just works. Like, sure, there are differences to those. I'm not saying they're equivalent to a Motorola, but there are at some level. It, th- there's this misconception that these Chinesium things, because basically they copied what the good guys were doing. So yeah. just because they copied it doesn't mean that it's bad. It means... They basically had the tolerances of how they made everything. And I mean, I've had Balfangs have been submerged 
you know, I, Scott, you had one that was found like weeks later or whatever in water and it worked. We have, one, yeah. we have a video of a burning, burning one and it yeah. kept it on. And it, I yeah. mean, it, it, it burned up, but it stayed on for a long time. Yeah, I, I think it's a misconception. And again, it's partially because, okay, Chinesium. We talk about Chinesium. Uh, it's shit. It's shit quality. But at some point, they also have engaged in a lot of intellectual property theft. And they've managed to make their radios quite well. And that's why the Balfangs, I mean, you see the footage come from anywhere, whether it's Syria, Ukraine, Iraq. Some of the guys, they're always running Balfangs. Oh, yeah, they got them. And it works. Yep. Yeah, they, so they got them. I, I, I just want to drive that point home is that just because I, I've seen too many of this where I've seen guys like, well, it only costs like 30 bucks. So what? That doesn't mean the capability because yeah. they built it for six. That's right. why. So I, 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 yeah. I wanted to dispel that, that rumor right it's, there. I mean, yeah, man. It, I mean, it's ramen noodles. You know, it, it definitely is. <laughs> Yeah, like you, you wonder, you wonder about the profit margin there, but at the same yeah. time, I mean, you know, whatever, man. Don't don't think about it too hard. I've got a, a few dozen of them that are Faraday caged, and uh, closing in five minutes left on the clock. Um, you know, go back and listen to the last episode, which was just wildly popular that I did with uh, Doctor Arthur Bradley. Go back and listen to that great instructional guide on Faraday cages. We talked about Faraday cages for a long time in that episode. Uh, I revisited that one when I was on my ride home. That was uh, awesome. From Texas and was just like, man, you know, um, and I, I mean, it was, it was my interview and, and still I went back and I, I re-listened to it. It was like, holy crap, man. Cause I'm an active listener and I take notes um, when, when I'm doing an interview, uh, with, with guys kind of a, a little behind the scenes, what goes on while I'm doing all that, you know, I'm not just cutting the mic off and taking a nap. Um, you know, very active listening that's going on. And I picked up things that I didn't catch the first time. And was just like, man. Um, so I'll say, man, kind of rounding it out for me, what have I been up to, uh, get my feet back on the ground, uh, here in North Carolina, we're working on food production, uh, not just stacking food, but food production. Um, the raised beds doing all the usual gardening stuff, doubling down on that and really hitting that hard because it's it's necessary. You know, are, are you necessary. scaling it up, Scout? Not that not to interject. Are you scaling it up? In, yeah. Mean, you know where I'm going that way? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, doubling down on it and growing, um, something that is a hobby. A lot of people don't know this about me. I talked about it out in Texas, uh, a hobby that, that I've had from time to time is making hot sauce. And, um, you know, I haven't made any in a couple of years cause I really haven't had the time to, but, um, I, I really enjoy growing, not ridiculous hot peppers, but decent. Uh, something's got some heat to it and making a good sauce or making a good dry rub for, you know, meat for smoke, everything. But the other, the other use. For, oh yeah. Yeah. But, it, but another, uh, another great use for hot peppers. That a lot of people don't know the reason that hot peppers are such a staple in 
Central American and South American cuisine in, in different parts uh, that you go down there is because it is also a, um, an anti-parasitic in your gut health. So taking in a little bit of capsaicin from those hot peppers definitely, definitely is going to help you out um, a lot. So, you know, and, and I mean, who doesn't like a little bit of flavor with the food? I'm just saying, <laughs> uh, you know, take those, smoke them, you know, make some chipotles, hey. um, dehydrate them, make you, make you dry rubs and your powders. And- About six weeks ago, y'all recommended, um, uh, uh, Chachieri's and a, um, Oh, Tony Shashri's. Tony yeah, Shashri's. That, that one and Avenues. the um, Joe Mama's. Holy shit. Are one of those? Damn. Oh, yeah. 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 Tony, Tony Shashri's <laughs> is kind of a, a go-to hot sauce um, slash Cajun, Cajun style seasoning to put on stuff in the southeast. It, Tony's, Tony's is good. Cavender's is not hot, but great. Um, so Cavender's is a Greek recipe. It's real popular here. It's popular throughout the Southeast. Um, you know, the guys down in Texas were, were big fans of it, uh, down there as well. So, you know, it's, it's pretty common stuff. Um, but all of it, knocking it out of the park, but learn, you know, get, get out there, try some recipes, um, play around with some, some different things, uh, peppers, you know, sweet peppers, green chilies, anything that you can grow. I mean, I'm, I'm real big on, on all that grass bird and comments was saying, uh, chili patines, which I came across in South Texas and I've got some of those seeds. I'm going to see how they do up here in, uh, in, in the very humid North Carolina climate where I'm at. Hopefully they'll do well. I think they're going to do pretty well up here because it gets pretty humid i saw them down south of austin and i know it gets real humid down there too so uh, i I think they're going to do pretty well chili patines are are hot they're hot but they're good anyway gents with the two hour mark we are quickly closing on what was a awesome episode you know, hey, uh, the the world can really beat you down, and it was one of those tonight. I really wanted to take the opportunity when we say, you know, hey, things suck, the world sucks, this, this, that, and the other, rather than beat everybody down with with how bad the world is. You all see that. You don't necessarily need that in your life. It's very important to be talking about what you're out there doing about it because it's up to us. You know, it's up to us. Ain't nobody going to do it but us, right? Ain't nobody going to do it but us. Anyway, Amen. with that said, folks, for all of us, all of my wonderful co-hosts here on Sons of Liberty, last call, finish your drinks. It's closing time at the bar. God bless. Good night. And we'll talk to all of you again very, very Good night, soon. boys. See you.